This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. This is the Simi Sarah Show On Demand. Subscribe now on iTunes. Listen to the show each weekday 10 to 2 on 980 CKNW and through the Radio Player app. Well, one of my very favorite people is back on the show with us just in time to help us talk about spring gardening. It is Carson Arthur, landscape designer, host of HGTV Canada's Home to Win and author, we should say as well. Hi, Carson. Hello. I'm so excited to be back. Um, you're on the same tour. Yeah. Had, <laughs> so the last time you were on the show was the beginning of the tour. Mm, I was here for the BC Home and Garden Show. I remember. Yeah. Last weekend, I did the Winnipeg Home and Garden Show. And I've come back now as part of the Craftsman Tour because Craftsman is launching back in Canada, which is really cool and somehow i missed the cherry blossoms how is that possible i know i was so excited to you see haven't them. missed them you missed the first no no version no, no. of them no no i saw the cherry blossoms they're all stuck to the pavement <laughs> and the walkways that everybody's walking past i'm like no 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 the big the big thick pink heavy ones mm-hmm. are out right now what uh, you missed were the very light pink fluffy ones right yeah 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 there's still some <laughs> it's like confetti everywhere that. it's yeah. like at the end of the party i'm I like love no the pink snow it's fantastic yeah. but I the know. rhododendrons are starting to bloom right now so i'm very excited about the rotos are you a roto fan I am a fan of anything gardening, flowering, pretty, yeah, pollinators for See, sure. I'm not a huge roto fan. I love azaleas. Okay. And I love like cherry blossoms. I love all those things, but. Why not rotos? I think because it's just like two weeks, they look spectacular and then they just look kind of meh for the rest of the year. Do you like magnolias? I do. And they last seven days. So I'm not hearing logic the in your sense. I love okay. the one that's green all year long. We, yeah. have, a, we have two of those in our yard. For those sure. are beautiful. I like the big saucer mags. Oh, Seven days right. of joy. Seven day. They are. And I saw a couple of those this week, too. Mm. They are beautiful. All right. So we are talking about some basics for the new homeowner. Right. This is always, I find, one of those really daunting tasks that when you find yourself living in a new space, and especially if it's like a house and you've been living in a condo apartment, how do you like? How do you learn what you need? Like, what do you buy? <laughs> Where do you even start? Yes. This is a good opportunity to promote my book. No. <laughs> Kidding. No, the truth is- no, Go ahead. 40% of the housing market right now in Vancouver are first-time homeowners. Yeah. A lot are buying condos just because the average house price here is, what, 1.25 right now as of this morning? Oh, something ridiculous like that, yes. A lot of buying condominiums, but they want condos with outdoor spaces, spaces that they can grow plants. So understanding what you can grow in your space, understanding what tools you need to really invest in for first-time homeowners, these are the types of things that I'm trying to get people to understand. It's not all about hand-me-downs and what you can steal from your parents' shed. (laughs) <laughs> it's about actually Sometimes investing. Well, yeah, I, get, I started what, that way too. What basics do you absolutely need? Well, obviously a good a good shovel, a good trowel, a good watering system because I mean, I've got bad news for Vancouver expecting another dry summer. Yay. I installed drip irrigation after the last Look at you being all fancy. Yeah. I know. Yeah. When I got rid of my lawn, Two, we installed drip irrigation, and it has been fantastic. And lawn is the one thing that first-time homeowners, if they're lucky enough to get a house and they can actually have grass, the lawn seems to be the most puzzling thing for first-time homeowners. (laughs) The gardening, yeah, they're kind of getting it. 
lawns, tricky. People just don't understand all the needs of grass. And knowing that we're going to have another dry summer and that you can basically park the lawnmower and pull out the hay baler because it's all going to be brown and crunchy. I mean, this intimidates a lot of people and it scares them. So most of the questions that I get are around that conversation. Okay, so what's like the, are you one of those people where you have to have every gadget? Do you love all the new stuff? (laughs) I am into vintage stuff right now. I am what? all about, yeah, I know this sounds crazy. So vintage gardening tools, is that a thing? Vintage gardening tools, yeah. It's, I know. Uh, so, okay, let me all preface right. that a little bit. They are new vintage tools. So we're going back to a lot of old it. technology. So we're seeing stuff that was around 10, 15 years ago and now is coming back into the marketplace. And I love that idea. So as I mentioned, Craftsman's back, which is kind of cool because they went away for about a little while with and Sears. they were so popular. They were, and now yeah. they're back with Lowe's, so I think that's fantastic. I'm starting to invest in tools from Japan. Are you? Why? Yeah. What's so special about them? Uh, they're what I like to call legacy tools. So this is a tool that's going to last my lifetime, and I will probably pass it on to somebody else down the road. So, I know what you mean. Yeah, so instead of disposable, I'm starting to spend the money on my gardening tools. So I have one pair of pruners, not 15 pairs of pruners and parts have fallen off and they don't quite work. I have one pair. I spent a lot of money, and now they're going to last me the rest of my gardening life. That's lot, provided you sharpen them and look after them. Right. But that's part of the investment, right? So now I'm I'm actually at a stage as a gardener where I want to, you know, have tools that I bond with, not tools that I throw away every season. I know it sounds weird. I know. But it, I know what you mean though, you because I feel them. that way about my pots and pans. <laughs> yeah. Like I invest because I want, like I buy those like at Le Creuset and I may mm-hmm. buy one like every three or four years. Yep. But now after uh, some time, I've got like three or four beautiful ones. And I always tell my kids, you guys are going to inherit these when I'm gone because they're still going to be around. Well, and as a chef, you have your favorite pan for making your perfect oh, cheese sure sauce. Do. For a, As a gardener, I have my favorite pair of clippers to do my rose bush, to do my trimming. And every time I go to do that, it's like, oh, hello, old friend. And out they come and away you go. And you just know you can rely on them. So that's the type of connection people are making with their yard tools now. Last time we saw you, your book was just coming out. Mm-hmm. And I saw it at Costco and I was so excited. <laughs> I was like, that, I know that guy. <laughs> Funny enough, that's where my mom saw it for the oh. first time too. She's like, is this your book? It looks like you on the cover. I'm like, thanks, mom. Really, yeah. mom? Really? Costco. Yeah. <laughs> the book's done really well. Costco and... Amazon, Indigo, Lee Valley. I'm doing a book signing awesome. tomorrow at Lee Valley Tools in Vancouver. Uh, you're going to leave Lee Valley spending some money. I'll tell you that yes, right now. Yes, ma'am. I know. Good yeah. thing I'm a brand ambassador for them. <laughs> you just got all the different titles, right? Uh, we have a lot of people who have questions sure. too. Uh, and we're going to open up the phone lines here. People want to ask Carson a gardening question. So if you've got one, 604-280-9898. Uh, I had Jamie who emailed me, said, I have a question for your guest. Every year, my garden gets an infestation of flea beetles. Hmm. He said, this war lasts the entire growing season. <laughs> Help, what is the best product to rid me of these pests that ravage my tomatoes? All right, so flea Flea beetles are one of those fun little bugs that, you know, they get together and and they look at our garden as if it's sort of... um, A buffet? Well, a buffet, but a little different. That's where they come to mate. Uh-huh. Oh, it's like an orgy. <laughs> oh yeah, unfortunately, yeah, yeah. It's like it's like <laughs> it's, what's a the, orgy. it's part of the bachelor chain, you know, bachelor in the garden, bachelor in paradise. Bachelor in paradise. So yeah. yeah, so that's what that's what they do. They come to mate in our gardens, and while they're there, they're having a little buffet, and it's like going to Vegas. So <laughs> what stays, it happens in the garden. Now, so what I like to do is I like to discourage that by using something called diatomaceous earth. Now, diatomaceous earth is actually a powder. It's made of ground seashells called diatoms. Oh, yeah. And okay, what I've happens is yeah, and what happens is 
the Beatles or anything hard-bodied really don't like it. They don't like going across it. It helps um, dry out their exoskeleton, so it, it hurts them. So they don't like this powder. And what's nice is even when it rains, this powder tends to stick quite nicely onto the plants. As humans, if you're using it on your vegetables and stuff, perfectly safe. There's actually food grade that many people who have arthritis will actually take to help rebuild the joints and the collagen in their body. Really? Yeah. So, so do you sprinkle this all over your tomato plants? Do you sprinkle it on the ground or what do you do with it? Yes, all of the above. Oh. You can do it on a powdered section. I put it on my cucumbers because these bugs love the cucumbers. They hang out in there around my lettuces and stuff. I yeah. put it around the soil. I also use it uh, to prevent ants from coming in my front door. Because every year, for whatever reason, they like to come in my front door. So you put just a little strip of this white powder. Again, pet safe, animal safe. What's yeah. it called? Diatomaceous? Diatomaceous. Yeah. Or you'll sometimes see it called sharp soil because it's made of seashells. Oh. Yeah. It's fantastic. So you put a little line of it on your front yeah. stoop or something? Yeah. And just like a little chalk circle sort of deal. And yeah. they won't go near it? Nope. I think I feel like there's some kind of witchcraft circle. It that, feels like they're yes. throwing down the salt yeah, line. No, exactly. no, 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 no. It's much safer for your pets than that answer. Interesting. Okay, mm-hmm. so hopefully that'll help out there. Um, would that help with slugs too? Because like I used to hate that about my garden is that right. always the slugs would get in there. So slugs are a little bit different. Um, yes, diatomaceous soil will help to a certain extent, but it doesn't have the same effect. So have you ever heard about putting beer in your yard for the slugs? Uh, no. Yeah. So there was this wives tale that went around saying, if you put a little dish of beer in the yard, slugs will come to it. And it's true. They actually do. But new studies have shown, and this is fairly recent, that you actually encourage more slugs into your yard because you're throwing a party. There's the party. Yes. So (laughs) so don't don't do that. that. So if you're having slug damage on specific plants like hostas, maybe some of your big leafy greens and you know the slugs are there, you can actually get copper wire. And copper actually carries a naturally occurring electrical current. We don't feel it. It doesn't bother us. But This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Slugs will not cross it. So you're starting to see copper mesh, copper bands that you circle around the bottom of the plant. It stops the slugs from going anywhere near the plant. That is brilliant. Yeah. Where was this stuff when I actually had room for a garden a couple of years ago? <laughs> Carson Arthur is with us, landscape designer, author, host of HGTV, Canada's Home to Win, and he's taking your gardening questions. Now, Mike in Parksville has been so patient and he's waiting on the line. Hi, Mike. Hello. Hi, what's your question? Well, it's uh, well, it's, it is a question. I don't know how it happened, but two years in a row, the flowers on my potato plants started forming cherry tomatoes. So <laughs> cherry tomatoes were growing on the potato plant. Okay, wait, what? Yeah. Is that what you want to yeah. know? You want to know, like, how the heck is that happening? Yeah, I couldn't believe it, and I didn't even want to eat one because I thought it might be poisonous, but it was a tomato. Right. Okay. So this is Carson. actually, yeah, so it's not an uncommon situation. Some people speculate that what's happening is you're getting pollinators going from your tomatoes to your potatoes. So we're actually seeing a lot of potato leafed tomato varieties. So it sounds really bizarre. This is mother nature at her finest crossing stuff. The good news is the little green tomatoes aren't really harmful to you. They're not great tasting. Uh, but when you see them starting to form, take them off. The reason why you want to take them off is because you want the potato plant putting all its energy down under the soil, not above the soil. 
You don't want it forming those little green tomatoes. You're not going to eat them. So let's just cut them off when you see them so that all the energy is going down into the spuds under the soil. Is that helpful? Yeah, it is. I uh, wasn't sure if it was a natural occurring phenomenon or not, but thanks for clearing that up. Yeah. It sure is. It sounds like a natural occurring phenomenon and a weird one. I've never. That would make me look twice at my garden. Uh, <laughs> let me go to Jennifer in Abbotsford. Hi, Jennifer. Hi, Sammy. Um, good for you for getting rid of your lawn, first of all. <laughs> Thank I think you. that's awesome. I read somewhere on the internet, you know, if everybody got rid of their lawn, we'd, you know, reduce our carbon footprint and pesticides and herbicides, all that kind of stuff. So I've never been yard happier, let me tell you. But anyway, go yeah, ahead. No What's your kidding. question? Um, crocuses that are coming up in my lawn, which is fine because you can mow them. Mm-hmm. Um, when, but when can I dig them up out of the rest of my beds and put them in the lawn area? Um, I, I don't really want to wait till fall because I want to clean out these beds. Right. So when the crocuses leaves start going yellow is a great time to do it because what's happening with the leaves is right now they're generating the energy for next year's blooms. So -hmm. when you leave them in place and let the leaves do their thing, they're generating that energy. But the moment they start going yellow, they become chlorotic. That means that the photosynthesis process is actually complete. So at that point, when they start getting yellow, they start flopping around in in the yard, dig them up, replant the bulbs, tuck them away in somewhere nice and moist, and they'll be happy. Is that all right? That helpful? That's super helpful. Excellent. And let's bring back the garden to uh, home and garden. We're, we're trying. We're, trying. we're working on we're it. We're doing our best, <laughs> Jennifer. Believe me, we are selling it as much as we can. I have an email question here from Joy as well. And she said, my question is, every year my rhubarb patch produces more unwanted flowers, which I chop off as soon as I see them, than it does stalks. Mm. The underside of the leaves also becomes so thick with aphids when the weather warms up a bit that the leaves are barely visible. She said, I do try to spray the leaves off with water. She doesn't want to use chemicals, but have had no luck. She said, is there a magic solution that she's not aware of? There is a magic solution. Yay! Yay. We love the magic bullet solution. (laughs) So no joke, I want you to save your shower water. I know that sounds terrible. I know. You see you the just look on my the, face. It's I was like, like, what? What are you yeah, talking about? Put the person? plug in the bathtub, save the shower water. It's almost the exact perfect consistency to make insecticidal soap. Insecticidal soap and aphids do not play well together, and it's perfectly safe on rhubarb and on plants. So you're talking about like bath water after yeah. you have a bath or shower. Say- a shower. Just put it like a container at the bottom of the shower while you're having your shower. If you've got one of those showers where you can put the plug in the in the bathtub, save the water from your shower because that's almost the exact right consistency of soap to water ratio to make your own insecticidal soap. Such a simple little thing. And you're free. It's free. Put it in a spray bottle. Spray your plants. It gets rid of aphids. The one thing I want to say about the rhubarb patch producing those flowers, yeah. it sounds to me like it might be time to split and divide the rhubarb patch. Ah. So. Just like you're doing hostas, you're going to take a sharp shovel, you're going to get in there, you're going to cut it, split it, do it now. This is a great time to do it. Split it up, maybe give one chunk away, spread one chunk to another spot. So you just leave two parts of the, the four parts left, and that's what you're going to put back in the hole, resoil it, and the rhubarb will go again. So it sounds like it needs more room is what you're saying. Yeah, it usually happens when you get an older plant, some varieties more than others, but it's very common and okay. it won't hurt the plant at all. Hopefully, Joy, that is helpful to you. Let's go to Annie in Nanaimo. Hi, Annie. Oops, sorry. Hi. Annie, drop me. No. Annie, hello. <laughs> Are hey, you I th- dropped the phone. That's okay. Do you have a question for us? Yes. Uh, hello, Carson. Hello. I know I have grubs in my garden mm-hmm. when I was digging it out one year. Anyways, this year, I'm noticing something is happening on the edge of the garden in my lawn. And I thought it was raccoons digging up the soil. Some person thinks it's crows, but it's clumps. Is something going after the grubs in the, now they're spreading to the lawn? Yes, they are. 
<laughs> Surprise! <laughs> Easy answer. Is it, is it raccoons or crows? It could be any of the above. My suspicion is the fact that it's happening at the nighttime, it could even be skunks. Skunks are nocturnal. I know I have big raccoons around me. Yeah, so it's probably yeah, it's probably the raccoons. They tend to go at night. Crows and ravens usually do during the day. What I want you to do though is I need you to go to the garden center and I need you to pick up grass seed that is blended. Now I know it sounds a little odd, but if you get grass seed that has a mix of two or three grass seeds in the actual ingredients. And you move away from your Kentucky bluegrass, which is what your grubs are feeding on right now, and you start introducing ryegrass and fescue grass into your lawn, what happens is the grubs don't like those. So they're going to move on to your neighbor's yard. Perfect. See ya. <laughs> you basically changed so, the salad in the buffet. So grass seed is blended with rye and fescue. Rye and fescue, yeah. And you're just going to mix one bag of grass seed with one bag of topsoil in a wheelbarrow. You're going to spread it in the area that you're seeing grub damage. You're going to rake it in. Make sure you do it on a nice wet day like today. It will start germinating. The grubs may go after the Kentucky bluegrass, but they don't like that fescue. It's got something called endophytes in it, which is a naturally occurring substance. Doesn't bother us. Doesn't bother the pets. Grubs don't like it. Okay, sounds good. Give that a try, Annie. Do I just do it in that area or the whole lot? That's up to you. How much money do you want to spend? Okay. <laughs> Good <laughs> okay, luck with that, Annie. I'm glad we clarified that. Take care. Okay, you too. Thank you. I want to get to Jennifer in Chilliwack. Hi, Jennifer. Oh, good morning, guys. Hi, Carson. Good morning. Good morning. What, what's um, your question? I'm just wondering, what is the proper care for tulips after the petals fall off? Are we cutting them down or tying them off? Um, None of the above until those leaves go yellow. Do not touch your tulips until the leaves go yellow because those leaves are creating all that energy for next year's bloom. So if you leave them alone, no pun intended on the leaves, and you wait till they go yellow, once they go (laughs) yellow, cut them off, you're done with them. Okay, there you go. Jennifer, thank you so much for that. Uh, You answered so many questions. Did I ask you about the flea beetles? Did we yeah, cover the flea, we beetles? Did flea beetles? Okay, yep. good. I want to make sure I covered yeah, everything because I have people coming in and emailing me and all that kind of stuff. That's a huge problem. Absolutely. People have around here. Like Diatomaceous powder. Go get it. That's right. That's what that was. Excellent. Okay, so where can people catch you? Uh, so tomorrow I'm going to hang out on Global Morning. Very Fantastic. exciting. And then I'm going to do Lee Valley. I'm doing an event tonight for Penguin Random House. I'm all over the place. So best thing to do is CarsonArthur.com. Do you think you could stop by here again next time you're I in town? I would love to stop Aww. by. I love visiting you and your your amazing audience. Aren't they amazing? They're I know. Awesome. And they do everything. They cook. They love cooking. They love food. They love gardening. They do everything. They're fantastic. Uh, so if you have any other questions, you can send them my way. I'll pass them along to Carson. Simi at CKNW.com.